Three Leader Thursdays, a Marvel Street podcast. Podcast <laughs> on a Thursday. <laughs> Normally right. someone does that, but Nico's not here. No. Um, it's uh, me, Mike. It's and me, Joe. Joe. And, and we also have... Philip from Sydney, newly, newly having new left Sydney and arrived in this beautiful part of the world. New Good. local. Thanks um, for having us. Awesome to have you, have you at the table, Phil. Yeah, Phil's been a, a, re- a bit of a... He's become a bit of the furniture around here lately. <laughs> he's been popping into the roastery a lot and drinking coffee. And, um, and uh, we're going to introduce him today because uh, I won't go too much into it now, but there's some exciting prospects of having Phil around. Let's maybe just go into your background straight away in, in the coffee world and service industry. So I've been making coffee for myself from childhood mixing instant coffee and sugar with a drop of water and stirring it till it goes from a brown paste to a very whitey paste. The whiter it was, the better crema you could create. And you'd pour your hot water in and you would get this cappuccino-looking coffee. So this I'd do from the age of five onwards. So the coffee has followed me along. Yeah, right. So coffee was passion right from the get-go. It, it started me off. I knew that there was something good about it. It kept me awake. A little bit of sugar was my addiction. <laughs> Isn't it? For uh, later on, I got to meet a lovely Italian man in Perth who taught me my first coffee machine experience. Great cafe in Perth called The Bar Bazaar. Mm-hmm. And I bought my first coffee machine when I moved back to South Africa to start a huge pizza shop on the coast, and got my coffee experience happening there very slowly, very carefully, because it wasn't a major part of the business. So along the years, moved back, had a couple of pizza shops, each one with better coffee, better coffee equipment, and finally got my dream together and got a beautiful little cafe in Monavale 15 years ago. I was Campus Coffee's first account. And it's been a beautiful partnership for 15 years. I recently sold that to move up here to become a little farmer, like a self-sustainable farmer, grow some food for the family and hopefully the next generations. Awesome. Awesome. And did you always have uh, that intense sort of passion and attention to coffee? Did Did it eventually just become less about the pizza until it was all about the coffee? Look, I've been cooking since I was a kid. So since I can remember, I've always cooked, so I've loved food. And food and coffee have been together forever, and I was always the one when we were camping. I did the killing of the fish, chopping up the meat, chopping up the vegetables, making things on fires. So I've always loved food. And coffee stayed with me as a constant. Mm. And over the years, it just became a bigger and bigger part of my life. So the last 15 years went in a flash. Yeah, right. So I'm glad to be part of it. Even now. Yeah, it goes on, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. What, uh, what drove the change from, from South Africa to Australia? Um, very lucky I had a beautiful nanny growing up who was a black woman who was part of my family, worked for my mother for 30 years, and she taught me how incorrect and how revolting apartheid was. Mm. And I was never at home in South Africa. I knew that I was time, you know, it was never for me. And I had to make a choice to come to Australia and live or stay there, fight, try and make some small difference, but I knew it was going to cost me my life because there was detention without trial, there was all kinds of horror going on at the time. And this was early 80s, 81. Yeah. And I remember arriving in Perth at 4 o'clock in the morning with no address except a youth hostel, and I was a madman. I was just a crazy young person. And I had this crazy thought out of the blue. And I was sitting on a dustbin thinking about what I was going to do. And the thought was, wow, you could have children here. Hmm. I still get gooseys. It was awesome. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so that was, that was a, a holiday, was it? No, this in- was me arriving. I, me- my intention was to come here. I knew that I had a one-year ticket. Yeah. And I was just going to take play it by ear. And two weeks later, I was in Sydney. And three days after arriving in Sydney, I started working in the film industry. I'm, a, I'm an electrician by trade. Okay. So I became a lighting guy in the, in the film industry. Uh-huh. And um, 
I think on the third day of a shoot, I met the caterer. And because I like food, of course, I got into the catering truck and made myself useful at, on the breaks. Mm. And years later, I sold my first pizza shop, Krenskots, to that same guy, who coincidentally is now living in Maynam. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So wow. the circle keeps going around. It's awesome. For anyone who uh, doesn't know what, where Maynam is, it's like 15 just, minutes away from us. Yeah, just down the road. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a great, a great journey. And, um, you know, incredible to say goodbye to a place I was at for 15 years. It was, it was huge. Yeah. Well, but somebody came in at the right time. It was easy. They were keen. And we just worked it out. And I passed it on and tried to give them as much love and knowledge as I could mm-hmm. and leave them to it. And, uh, and, and for those who, who don't know, the, the cafe was... 2KF? 2KF in Mona Vale in Sydney. Yeah, tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, where it started and where it ended in terms of, I guess, its coffee quality and, you know, obviously at the time of starting, you would have been probably the most progressive cafe in the Northern Beaches. Look, I had a a pizza shop already in Avalon called Cranscott's. I was running that and keeping up my love of coffee experimenting with different people because there's only a few roasters at the time that were really making themselves known Mm. and i noticed there was a young kid working in a shop in avalon and i went a couple of times to get coffee for him and i noticed that he had a really beautiful technique and manner while making coffee and he had taught another girl who worked with him how to make coffee they used to put little little hearts little white hearts on top and it was just attention to detail, and he really made a difference. And I was already at that stage looking to start a coffee shop, and I was looking in Monavale, and everybody said to me, oh, Monavale, it's an old age home. You can't do that. There's, there's nothing there. Who's going to drink coffee? It's not wrong. My, my grandma lived there, and yeah. I haven't known for many years. <laughs> <laughs> so there was nothing. There was a coffee shop that had been there forever. There was maybe one other. And I, I had my eye on a little triangular shop which was a sandwich bar and I kept saying to the guy please if you ever get sick of it call me I'm ready and I came to Monaville one day and there was a it was all papered over and it was going to become a sushi train I went wait what's going on with you know I looked and I was like beside myself going damn I've missed my chance and next door this tiny little window was a sign for lease and it was an office like a Temporary office, Tempnet it was called. And I walked in, I spoke to the girls, and I said, oh, is this place for lease? And you walked down two little steps and there was some weird carpet on the floor and a, it was an office and just went, well, maybe this could work. Yeah. And um, we got the lease and we hand-built it and scrubbed and poured ether on the ground and giggled as we got really out of it to clean the floor <laughs> 10 different layers of flooring and when i left there was a it was a red tile and in front of where people came to order for the 15 years all the red had gone out of the tiles there's this little picture somebody took and you can just see it's just white and rubbed off from all the years of people's traffic yeah wow. awesome it was great. We, we had a ball. We put it together with a lot of love. Very simple. Mm. And we got lucky enough to meet Campos. In the early days, we stopped in a new town and introduced ourselves. And Will was only too happy to help us. He was very definite about the fact that we needed to know what we were doing. And we showed him that we knew how to make coffee. I already owned my first um, La Mazaka linear. Mm-hmm. So we had a linear, we had a grinder, and we we're ready to go. And he was kind of like, wow, okay, you guys are real. And I remember he took us out for a beautiful lunch at the fish cafe opposite Sydney Fish Markets. And at the end of lunch, he handed us our 12 kilos of coffee at the back of the boot. And he said, all right, boys, good luck. And I think that first week we had to get a second delivery in that immediately. And it just went from there. It was just a beautiful experience. So right from the get-go, you were busy? It, it worked. I, I didn't work there initially because I still had the pizza shop, so I would just come and be in between. I had Justine, who's still a beautiful friend of mine. She now lives in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. She worked with James. James had worked with her in the old shop. 
And they were just, you know, really beautiful young people. Internally, externally, they had it all going for them. They were like a magic couple. People often thought that they were married, but James was happily married <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And it worked. It just, we, we did the right things. We kept it simple. We had four sandwiches, which basically I kept for 15 years. I didn't change anything. It was... <laughs> I love that. It That's was so just good. awesome. So... And, Oh, sorry, you go. Well, I guess when, when you started, obviously the menu worked. If you kept it for 15 years, the menu we, worked. We tweaked little odds and ends like a, a friend of mine came and she said, don't use rocket in your sandwiches, use baby spinach. And I went, wow, what a good idea, because rocket doesn't really toast well. Mm. So we just made up sandwiches and toasted them, and she said, baby spinach is better for you, off you go. So over the years, my intention was always to look for better ingredients. Yeah. But I kept the same toast i used um turkish turkish bread sours turkish bread served me well amazingly for 15 years people cried at me saying please bring bring sourdough and i said look i'm too old for sourdough it cuts my mouth (laughs) stale sourdough is no fun to toast yeah you've only got such a short window to use it as well right so unless you make you like they can use it in a commercial kitchen because you can turn it into other things that's it you're a sandwich bar so we got deliveries every day i used wholemeal sourdough I mean, wholemeal Turkish. And literally, we had toast, raisin toast, and banana bread, and four sandwiches, and two biscuits for 15 years. And that was was the complete menu. That was it. And then coffee. And and at the very end, the last year, a guy came in and said, try these biscuits. And they were exceptional. They were like a little chewy, healthy log. And they were the first thing that I added on. Cold drinks, we had orange juice water and pellegrino that's all that ever worked we tried every juice in the country we we tried all kinds of things every time a new fizzy drink came out people would come yeah try this try this and those three things are the only things we sold in the shop wow it was awesome (laughs) Mm. and when did uh will from campos come in for his first cup and what did he think oh he came in quite often in the early days yeah and he had excellent staff working for him yeah his um, technique was remarkable. I have huge respect for that man. Mm. He looked after everybody. He had facilities to teach people. So you could go back and he would help you at any time. Yeah. And he did that with the people that he bought his coffee from as well. He's, he's instrumental all over the world and he's, he's just a, an amazing man. Yeah. So it's been great to see someone grow the way he did. I think when I started, he was doing maybe 200 kilos amongst his shop and I think a couple of restaurants yep. and then myself and I think they're doing a remarkable business now oh yeah they've absolutely <laughs> yeah. exploded yeah yeah. so it's great to see since I've started 30 cafes started in Monoville wow around us how many of them campos just myself I started another like a restaurant around the corner which is um, was that in the park yeah oh yeah, yeah. so, so I started that one and you yeah and that so I managed to get the organic blend mm-hmm. for that but Campos does the right thing and they don't put any more than one in a in a suburb mm-hmm. yeah okay. which yes. is I think just beautiful yeah and yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun and as I say I do miss it but it was time to let it go you know getting up at quarter past three every morning for 15 years <laughs> was huge dedication (laughs) but i loved it i loved every minute of it and i had incredible customers that is seriously a testament to uh owning it the the phrase owning it you know like i think there's a lot of owners out there and for you know good reason that they work in the shop for six months and like well they've got this goal of like six months and then they need to be out doing other things but look all i I can say is without staff you don't have a business Mm. I had, over the years, I've had incredible people working for me. I was able to go overseas for six weeks one time. I've been for holidays, you know, two weeks here, two weeks there. And when I'm away from the shop, I don't think about it. I never thought about it, ever. Mm. In fact, I'd get customers calling my mobile, ordering coffee, and I'd say, look, sorry, I'm not in the country. <laughs> so it, might, it might take a while to get you a coffee. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and you've got to have that trust, yeah. And people say, what about the cash? I said, well, if you're employing the right people and you're looking after them and you both, you all respect each other and you're there for each other, thick and thin, you don't think about trust. You, you just believe. Yeah. And I think that's where people go wrong and being nervous about, oh, I can't trust my staff. Well, if you, you don't trust yourself then. Mm. Yes. 
that is well said and uh so along the way phil what are the lessons what are the, what are the, what would you change today if you started a cafe as opposed to when you first started would you well one of the things i'm quite happy about over those years was the amount of people i managed to talk out of opening a cafe because i had customers come in who were different walks of life who weren't foodies and they would come to me and say oh i want to open a cafe i've got this friend who's got a position that we could and i said do you want to work there they say oh no no we'll get it run under management and you know we'll just get some baristas and we will just do this great business and there was no love no intention mm-hmm. and i'd explain that first of all getting good baristas is becoming really difficult in sydney and you've got to you've got to have some love in a place otherwise go and buy a franchise if yeah. you don't if you don't really connect with the people you don't have customers that are going to come back and go yeah i love that place they may not have the best of the best but they're consistent they're friendly and they care yeah and i think my main lesson is caring yeah. i used to actually write it up on the board we care yes it's it's pretty simple if you don't like what you're doing don't do it go and work in the mines you can earn good money yeah <laughs> you know yeah you're either driven by dollars or driven by and, something you love and generally if you love what you do the money will follow hmm yes you know it sounds a yeah, bit altruistic but it actually works you've seen it time and time again people do something really well and it comes to them and yeah. you you have a decent life yeah you got to have the balance th- yeah you'll be rewarded in some aspect yeah. you know i think if you if you're looking to invest in a cafe cafes make terrible investments but if you're looking to build a cafe they can be wonderful businesses absolutely mm. and uh, and the difference is the heart and the soul and the love yeah. and and you taste the love absolutely absolutely time and time again when you get greeted by someone that doesn't know you from a bar of soap and you know will speak to you and you can even share things that you normally wouldn't share like i've had people crying in my arms and it's it's a huge experience to be part of someone's life like that like when i left i left i left some really good friends excuse me it's all right and kids you know watch people pregnant and then they arrive with children mark my good friend yeah his wife had a baby on a saturday lunchtime chelsea and mark were in the cafe on a sunday with the baby oh, wow and i remember walking just they were sitting in the corner and i went hang on a minute wait 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 aren't you in hospital having a baby she said no i'm out because i'm fine and there's the baby this teeny newborn wow that's awesome and it, it's amazing so i've had yeah. some great experience with you know getting close to people yeah those and relationships I, yeah and it's that's been glorious and and for those listening that's mark howard who uh looks after us with all our green coffee needs at at caravella he he used to work for phil uh, yeah as a young whippersnapper oh yes he yeah. was amazing yeah i'm sure he was <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure you've seen a, a lot of growth in him like going from athlete and He's a man now. He used to be just a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he could leap and bound. You know, he could jump across this whole room. He literally could jump from that wall to that wall. Yeah. yeah in right. one jump. Yeah. I used to go and watch him jump. He was just a absolute freak. It was wonderful to see. Mm. And now he's got two, two children and running a coffee importing business and good grief have you got any stories about him that we should know that are just oh, look, maybe be- shouldn't be I'll told be on the much. microphone <laughs> I, will, I will see if mark can pass on a movie someone made a little still shot of 2kf right and we were all there and it's it's individual snapshots which is cut uh, like into a, stop, a film stop motion stop sort of motion thing. idea and if he'll share the link with you it's just one of the nicest things i've ever seen we're all there we're all on and it's over a period of a couple of days yeah right and it's put to music and it was just exceptional and there you'll see mark at his best yeah cool <laughs> awesome <laughs> love to see that yeah yeah, yeah sounds good mm. um how about some of the fun questions the, what, what did you reckon and you might have told me about it this morning but maybe not what's your favorite coffee experience you've ever had if you can pick one well there there will always be one 
It was to do with a time and a place and a circumstance. So I had a friend who was and still is a great, is an aficionado and whatever he does, he does really well. And it's in New Zealand and we were waiting for his wife to have a child. It was about two o'clock in the morning. And he had sourced really beautiful beans from a roaster in Christchurch. He had a Krups $110 domestic machine from David Jones kind mm. of start of store. Yeah. And a little Dutch hand grinder on the wall, which he had had honed really sharp. Mm. And he knew exactly the grind that he needed. And he poured me what still is the best espresso I've had in my life. Wow. It was like drinking toffee, toffee gold. Wow. And this guy, I'll never forget it. And sure, there was the love, the circumstance, the emotion yeah. of that waiting for a birth. Yeah. Yes. But it was also the coffee. I remember it and I'll never forget it. I could have chewed it. It was just like a liquid toffee. It was gold. Oh, it's awesome. so awesome. <laughs> just, that's great. It doesn't, yeah. It's, I, li- I love those stories because it's not always about the gear. It's not always about the, yeah, absolutely. the, ex- the most ridiculously expensive coffee in the world yep not that there's anything wrong with paying more for coffee you know you could just it's so much about the people so sure, when, you, when you're sharing yeah you mm. know that, that's what we do best when we share when we <clears throat> when you give without expectation mm. yes i had a um amazing friend who worked for me jakey he used to take such delight in the mornings we'd be there together he'd start started basically 5 to 4, he'd be there at 4.30, always came early. And he would make sure he made us the first coffee of the day. Mm. And he would make it a gulpable. (laughs) So we could just have it at the perfect temperature. Oh, yeah. And the taste and the texture were, he used to take such pride. And we would just sit there for those few minutes just together, just having this gorgeous coffee. Yeah. And it was something I'll always remember. Set the scene for the day. Set the scene. It was, it was amazing. He, he had such pride in his work. It was phenomenal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great. How do you see the coffee scene now? What do you, what, what do you think of it? And well, it's huge. And, you know, as, as we have had a lot of coffee, we're now a little bit particular. So, so often you hear people say, oh, you know, I had another bad coffee somewhere. Oh, I had a bad coffee. So it's, it's at a point now, I think, that people that really know don't really worry about, oh, I have to have a coffee today. If there's no one you trust, you just, rather instead of saying something nasty, rather look for somewhere nice and go, yeah, that's terrific. And if you don't like the coffee as they make it for you, say to them, so, you know, couldn't you make it just a little bit not as hot or maybe a little bit stronger? And mm. that feedback is how we're all going to progress. Because best intentions, people think this is how we do it. And you give it to somebody, and if they don't like it and they don't say anything, those people are never going to, ever going to get any better. But there's that many coffee places now with best intentions. Don't kind of go the next level and go, how can we improve ourselves? You know, look on the podcasts, speak to people, investigate, mm. and you'll find that there is a way to get better. You can do it with everything, every aspect of life. But I do see coffee getting, going through an amazing time right now. You know, with the volume of people drinking it, the volume of cafes opening, it, it's a great intention. And in little places like where we sit now, it's beautiful to be around people that have this great passion where everybody is trying their hardest and you see the love that people are, you know, they greet you at the door, they look at you and it's like, yeah, like, come inside, let us help you. Yes. And when you walk away from that, it's like, wow, that is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that, that to me is where I think we're, we're seeing the growth of people being really pride, you know, having great pride in their work as opposed to just, oh, let's open a coffee shop and make some coffees and make some money. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I feel that, yeah, coffee is going to go through an automated stage. There's no doubt. We'll get coffee made beautifully by a machine where you'll put your coin in or your card in. It'll greet you by name and say, hey, Phil, there's your macchiato as you like it. You've got $24 left in your account. Yeah. <laughs> and um, You might be a good voice for that machine. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next job. But I, so I do think that's going to happen. There's, there's no doubt that the machines will make a perfect coffee every mm. time. But we love interaction. 
Yes. You know, come to your favorite cafe, see the guy sweating behind the machine, you know, feel the love, be there, you know, be part of it, will always be part of our nature. But for the people that are commuting, a fast, good coffee is going to be absolutely necessary, you know, just a great necessity. You know that you can go to that machine, it's going to give you the coffee as you like it, you hit your train, you go and do your 12 hours behind the grindstone and <laughs> get back home going, yeah, that was a good coffee. Yeah. So yeah. We do have that, unfortunately, to look forward to. Luckily, where we live, we don't have to worry about that yet. Yeah. I think like the people will always be a part of, a part of it. Yeah. I think the cool thing about something like that is that the demand for baristas becomes not so great, which just means that those people who are just in the industry just because they need a job yeah. or they're just passing time in the industry aren't going to be there. Those no. who are passionate and those who are prepared to hone their skills, there will always be a place for those people. Absolutely. And, and so you'll have amazing quality from a machine with no personality yep. and, and, and zero variability but, but zero interaction. Yeah. Aside from taking your money and and then on you'll you'll have amazing skillful baristas producing incredible coffee that have personality and, you, and can interact. When you walk into a place and your favorite barista looks at you and says, Oh, we've got this amazing coffee in today. Just give me a minute while I get through these and I'll make an espresso that'll knock your socks off. No machine's going to do that. Oh, no. Hands down, that, that's the experience I want every time. Yeah. But I live in the country. I don't commute every day. And, you know, there's lots of people who, who want that experience. But likewise, there are lots of people who just want to pu- push a button and get a great tasting coffee that they can disappear and jump on their train and, yeah. and off they go. Mm. So they don't, they don't become the... They become people after they've had their coffee, you know, those ones who are like, <laughs> yeah. they're just not human until they've had coffee, so they, don't, they can't interact. Yeah, don't talk to me before yeah. coffee. Yeah. Uh, interest, uh, I just had a thought, feel like, going back to talking about, I guess, how good hospitality is when you come to a cafe and people go, uh, you know, you just feel welcome. Um, like, the industry is definitely moving into online and retail as well, a lot of home brewing. How do you, how do you think coffee companies can give that same hospitable service through the internet well like what you're doing right now getting this personal connection getting people able to link with you Mm. to ask questions to be able to be part of your system yeah because as people walk away from you know face to face they're going everybody wants social interaction you want to be able to go and to, to say hey i'm part of that marvel street group you know they they meet up and they they have cupping sessions on a certain day and yes they welcome people to come in and you know it's just such a great time mm. so you go from an outsider and then make a special appearance and go you know next time i come through i'm going to see whether i can you know be there for that yeah and yeah. It's, it's those little things that i think make people's lives you know just a little bit more interesting yeah cool yeah, I mean, it's something that we w- we're working really hard on is trying to build that online community and, you know, get Marvel Street Coffee to people who can't get it at their local cafe because, you know, they might be on the other side of the country or something. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to be able to do a, a cupping tour around Australia or something. <laughs> well, we keep dreaming about the smell through the internet. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. smell and then how do you do taste? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, shipping's be... pretty fast, but not not like thirty mega, megabits fast. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Look, we, I think we're we're in for some fun times, and the more people are aware of health and issues and how not to overdo things, we're getting a nice balance again. So people will say, "Look, I can't really have too many coffees a day." I used to have eight to twelve coffees a day in the early days. Mm-hmm. And now you know, okay, that's a little bit excessive. <laughs> so now if you have a coffee, rather make it a good one and really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And that's your, that's your moment where you're going to go, wow, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, as an aside, I've always believed that when you have your first coffee of the day, you have that you know, moment where you know you're going to get your coffee. That first sip, as it hits your mouth, that is, that is the one. Yeah, because if you hit a little white spot, which no crema, no taste coming through, and somebody has put all this love into a beautiful pattern, but you hit the white spot, yeah, you've got no taste. You've got a milk. 
Yeah, yeah. And then people put all this effort and intention into these beautiful patterns. But there's no, nothing underneath. There's no coffee there. Yeah. So your first hit is very, oh, what happened there? Lackluster. I was like, oh, that, that, I didn't wait all this time for that. <laughs> no, go back. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind. Yeah. I want to do that again. <laughs> so that, that's what I figure people are going to understand with coffee. That first sip presentation. Yeah. That's yeah. the one that's going to really get you through. Mm. And mm. then for me, I don't know, it might not be for everybody, but I love when you walk away, you finish your coffee, and you've got that lingering, beautiful aftertaste where you kind of go, hmm, what's that? I love that. Yeah. yeah. And some yeah. coffees you get, you certainly don't get that. Yeah. You some really want you to rinse the them. days. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to remember that one. I'm yeah. definitely getting that at the moment from uh, the, the Gesha that we've been drinking this morning. Yeah, that was amazing. I've been thinking about, that about stunning. it since yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And I had it cold and it was just gorgeous. Yeah, you had it. Yeah. Stone cold. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that attitude, Phil, because, and certainly, you know, I think we all share it here, and um, certainly it's come down from Nico, who has absolute zero tolerance for anything but perfection, <laughs> which um, I think flows right through the the whole heart and soul of Marvel Street. And um, it's it's like first cup, perfect every time, and uh, and... And if by chance that first cup isn't like amazing, there's zero tolerance. And if you, you don't take a second sip from that cup in front of Nico, <laughs> because it, it's not tolerated, and it's awesome. I love, I love that. You know that that first coffee of the day just sets the scene. Absolutely, and you know it's not a not a big ask. And no, if you and it's very achievable. That, absolutely, that's a wonderful thing. That, that's why I'm here. I met up with Nico early days, and I loved the coffee I was doing, and I followed him ever since. And I'll travel to have a coffee at one of the cafes that he supplies. Awesome, awesome. Cool. And uh, mm, perfection or consistency? Consistency. Awesome. Perfection leaves nothing. You, you, that's it. That's all. You can't go any further. My Tai Chi teacher always said to me, if you're perfect, you're limited. It's all, <laughs> it's all over from there. Yeah. So it's a rather have consistency. People appreciate it and it's achievable. You know, people really love it when they go, oh, that's the same coffee. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. And, and certainly in my experiences, consistency leads to closer to perfection. Yeah. Mm. You know, you... you yeah, exactly. You just uh, you're striving, constantly striving for perfection, but never quite getting there. The bar gets higher That's as the you one. get more consistent. You get better and better. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess we've already touched on what's the future, but <clears throat> do you see the coffee market getting bigger, collapsing? Do you see it's the last legal drug? Mm. So we really we're in the business of supplying something that people actually need mm. as opposed to actually want they actually need it it's become it's a proper thing yeah so we've got to be careful well, the last regulated drug i guess regulated you know. drug. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's that step first where it becomes only seven 16 17 year olds 18 year olds who can buy it <laughs> um, which i don't think would be in much trouble if that happened yeah. you know um but oh i don't know like if if it got if it got regulated or, or outlawed what would happen there'd be a revolution yeah you know seriously this has been around for forever yeah and people discovered it a long time ago and it's part of our lives now all over the world mm. you know i do love tea i'm a massive tea drinker as well i've always drunk tea and i think that's why i'm loving drinking black coffee now because there's less heaviness in the milks mm. that people mm. are using and the variety of milks well, it's to each his own, but you know that that ability to drink a coffee and start tasting in a black coffee without getting swallowed up by the milk. Yeah, I think that's where we'll see more and more people going. Yeah, um, espressos, you know, the Italian style. Not everybody can drink an espresso. People will go, oh my goodness, I couldn't drink one of those. Mm. But the espresso drinkers, they are my they my people. <laughs> yeah, an espresso. 
a cognac, a great little piece of dark chocolate, yeah. and a beautiful little cheroot, a lovely cigar, <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> and it's a treat. It's a proper wholesome all-in-one. It's the, that's the holy yeah, it's grail. An indulgence, yeah. right? And you're, you're allowed to have these little moments. I don't even smoke. Mm. But in those circumstances, giving me a nice little skinny cigar, yeah. it all mixes together and you do think that you're... Well, they're things done beautifully, aren't yeah, they? That's you know, the one. Not, that's cigarettes the one. are different to cigars, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the beauty in that. Um, I wonder, though, if with the world sort of a lot of countries going back on drug reg- regulation, whether things will change and it'll, it'll go a different direction because things are being legalized and... Um, Will we have competition? <laughs> I think it'll be an, it'll always be here. Yeah, yeah, and the people that will do it properly will always have a great time doing it and enjoying it. And uh, maybe I've just got to own up. I've been an, an instant coffee drinker since I was a baby, right? So I made those beautiful coffees when I was a kid. Now, if you go camping and you're out in the wild, we went to the game reserve in South Africa recently, and we had instant coffee with condensed milk. Mm. And you're out in the bush early in the morning. I'm sorry, that's magnificent. Because <laughs> you're still getting your coffee. No, it doesn't have all the nuances that we love to describe. Yeah. But it still gives you that moment. I'm having my coffee. You know, the early morning sunrise is coming up. If you're lucky enough, you'll see an animal. And there's your coffee and it's got condensed milk in it with hot water. And it's fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome. awesome. So coffee is part of us. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, geisha every time. Yeah. And that's I think it's great that it's not it's you know, it's a a few times a year thing for us and and it's very special when it is. Yeah. yeah. I think when I listen to you go through so many of these different things, Phil, one of the things that has just sort of become apparent as you as you talk about condensed milk coffee in South Africa. <laughs> is how critical the overall experience is during consumption. And and that kind of brings me to thinking about what you can bring to to Marvel Street and, and also obviously drawing on your hugely successful experience at 2KF is clearly the experience plays a massive role in, in the success of your business and the success of other businesses. Um. I'd love to be able to help. It's, it's possible, I believe, for everybody to have somebody from the outside come in to their business and see it from an outsider and just point out very carefully with great respect that maybe there's a way that you could improve, God forbid, make it more profitable, you know, and just just help mm. without too much ado because nobody really likes to be told that they're doing something wrong. People don't appreciate criticism, but, you know, acceptable help, if I can do that in any way, I'd love to be able to. So I guess just to put you on the spot, um, what, what would you say, let's not talk about mistakes, but um, what, what are some of the ways in which you see cafes able to you know, in, in a week be able to just change some small things to, to improve the cafe? What, what would be, say, top one or two things that you notice time and time again? Staff training. Mm-hmm. So when you get a new person coming into your system, if you, from the day that they walk into your premises, if they know what they're supposed to be doing according to your way because hopefully you as the owner or as the manager have a certain system and you know that this is the way we do it, this is the way it'll work. If you bring somebody new in and you don't explain to them properly, then they pick up their own way which is never going to be exactly as you need it to be. And people actually appreciate being shown how to do something properly. Mm. And I've seen that time and time again. You get new staff in and somebody doesn't have the time to really go through it. And all of a sudden you've got a new barista on the machine and you kind of look at the coffee and go, ooh, what's that? Yeah. And if you're on hand, you can stop it going out to the customer. But so often a lot of people just accept and go, oh, look, 
he's a barista, he'll be fine. Mm. Let it go. Yeah. And, you know, people will put up with mistakes, but you do it once or twice and they'll go, no, I don't have to go back there. There's another cafe around the corner I can try. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's that initial, initial contact with your staff will set you up for the best experience long term. Yeah, certainly my experiences coming through the cafes and restaurants, I certainly was rarely, if ever, trained well. And then as a manager of a restaurant, once again, didn't have the resources no. to, to invest in, in, in fair staff training. And then as a result, would commonly see exactly what you're you know, it, it's about. people look at the money and go, oh, I couldn't possibly have this person here and I've got to train them how to do it because I've got to pay them to do it. So there's two sides to the story. If somebody's inexperienced completely, then surely they'll be quite happy to learn on a lesser rate of pay, knowing that they're going to get great experience, they're going to learn how to do something, and then they'll prove to the owners that, they're actually worth employing. Because often you'll get people say, yes, I can do this, and, you know, gung-ho, and then it just slips away. Mm. But if you take that time and say, look, this is how we do it. This is how you set the knife and fork, for example. This is how we chop the parsley. Mm -hmm. You know, then people kind of go, wow, I've learned something that I didn't know before, and you instantly get that, wow, I learned something today, and I know how to do that now. Yeah. Mm. You know, I used to run pizza shops, and it's the same thing, you know. This is how we... we we design the pizza. This is how this goes there, this goes there, this goes there. Or you get a pizza person who says, yes, I can make pizza, and they just throw it on. Pizza. And they go, yeah, look, that's my pizza. And you go, well, no, that's not how we that's do it. Your that, that's your pizza. That's your pizza, <laughs> thanks. Thanks it's, for coming. It's not our pizza. Yeah. So well, yeah, I'd, I'd say people got to understand that staff are the main ingredient. Well, no, let me, let me say that again. The product you make is your main ingredient. The the your belief in your product is the most important thing you've got in your business. But I believe it's only 10%. The rest of your business is everything else. So if you don't have a good product, don't, don't even start. But it's, it's 10%. So you can have the best coffee in the world. But if you don't have good staff, you don't have the right machines, you don't have the right location, you don't have the right technique, you're not going to get it right. If you don't have accounting principles in place that are going to go, oh, oh, that's costing way too much. Why am I in business if it's costing me more money than I'm making? Mm. So there's a lot of things people can help themselves with, and it's always better to do it before you start than later. You know, get help early in the piece. Get, get somebody in. Ask, ask for help. And don't be shy to, to pay for it. I used to say to people, look, you want to, you want to start a cafe? You give me $10,000, unre unrefundable. And my job will be to guarantee you don't start this cafe and I'm going to save you $200,000 because you were going to spend $200,000. You were going to lose this money guaranteed. There was no way it was ever going to work. I said, I can sit from you know, speaking to you for a couple of hours, listening to your plan, looking at it and going, please don't do this. You're going to regret this forever. You're going to hurt yourself. And I know that I've helped a lot of people in doing just that. I never got paid, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suspect you're giving them news they didn't want to hear. But, uh, it, but it's always hard. Like, I, I spoke to some boys some time back, and I knew that they were going to make a huge mistake. And I love these people. And I really put myself in Olympus. I knew it wasn't going to be popular. But I know that I helped them not do something silly. Because mm. people have this thing about, oh, cafe. It's oh. very romantic, isn't it's romantic. it? The, the idea of owning a cafe. Because we all love to sit in them and, and, and eat a nice meal, drink a glass of wine or amazing coffee or whatever, whatever your, your jam is. But it's romanticized oh, in yes. our mind, the idea of owning one. The amount of times I was bent over underneath the dishwasher, scraping out little bits of things that had gotten caught into a corner... And people would say, so, how are you loving working in the cafe? I said, it's glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> you know, when the, when the dustbins overflow, when the, when the drain gets blocked, when the toilets overflow, who do they call? Mm. The boss. Yeah. yeah. Boss, the toilet's overflowing. Ah, oh, okay, I'll fix it. 
You know, yeah. so it, there's everything. There's the bigger picture as opposed to just pouring a coffee. And the other thing I'll tell anybody wanting to do a business, location. Yeah. Just get that right. Be 100% certain of your location. And everything else will follow with your correct love and procedure. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Phil. Pleasure. So I guess um, we've talked about Phil coming on board to offer um, some business advice, I guess, for cafes. And, you know, not really anything related to coffee, but how to run coffee shops successfully and running coffee shops for longevity. Um, What are some of the, what do you think are maybe like the three or a handful of things that you um, will place importance on and you can off- where you can offer the most? Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Choosing the right products for the area and making sure that your intention is right. Because if you're not prepared to put in the time, if you want to start a shop as an owner and are not prepared to do your probably 80 hours a week for a couple of years... Mm you're not going to succeed because there's such competition. There's so many things that can go wrong and you've got to be prepared to give it your best. I've seen people come in and go, look, I'll be able to work 40 hours a week. I'm going to have this great business. I said, yeah, that's not it. (laughs) You take it home. You wake up in the middle of the night. It's always there. You've always got to be tweaking. You've got to be ready to listen. You've got to be ready to act. I came in, my shop was closed once. I walked past it. It was closed for a week, just for a holiday. And I looked at the floor and I thought, wow, the floor's really shiny. And then I saw a wave. <laughs> there was four inches of water. There was 100 mil of water on the floor. We didn't have a floor waste. And a water mains had burst in the street that fixed it but they didn't realize that it actually soaked underneath the wall. Wow. In, and I actually luckily came, came two days later and I looked at it and I went, wow, that's amazing. I've got a lake. <laughs> oh. So, you know, you, you've, you've got to be there. And yeah. if you're not an owner and somebody else walked past, they go, well, yeah, whatever. We'll see you when I'm, we're coming back to work next week. We'll deal with it then. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it is. You've, you've got to be prepared to give it your best shot. Yeah. 100%. Like, every bit of energy you've got and you it'll work for you yeah yeah well, it's a tough job yeah <laughs> but it's a great job yeah and we all love it but uh i think we're going to um we're, we're probably nico's got plans to have you on the podcast again so hopefully you've had a good time with us and, and you'll continue to join us and um and we can get into some nitty-gritty of of various different aspects of running a cafe but yeah and i think like we'd love to it to be as interactive as possible so please send in any questions you have might have and and we'll um we'll put them aside for the next episode that you're on um i think likewise if if you would like to speak to phil or you'd like to feel to swing by your cafe and um and and have a chat then yep. then certainly that's on the cards so yep. um get in touch and uh and We'll make things awesome. Yeah. Or Phil will. Phil. Phil will. Great Phil to be here. (laughs) That's what it will be called. Anyway. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been sharing an awesome story. Yeah. That's Uh, great. We'll go on. Coffee menu. menu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this week we're going to put on the Kenyan Matwaiwathe on espresso, Um, and then we've got. Uh, Cabanas from Honduras, Detanli from Nicaragua, and Pablo Juan Pablo Salguero from El Salvador. Um, so very um, mixed bag there. Awesome variety, heaps of different um, flavor profiles. So please enjoy that. Awesome. Uh, filter Joe. Filter Jose Manuel Cantillo, which is the Gesha. That this, was something else. Yeah, this is. We roasted this yesterday. We've been. Drinking it ever since fresh roast, just because it's so wild. And we've only got one box of coffee. There's only 35 kilos of green. Some of it, um, we've we've roasted some of it as a present for Bayleaf in uh, Byron because they've just done some huge renos and become one big shop. So they'll be getting a gift of that. But um, if you want this coffee, get your orders in quick um, because it's not going to last. Uh, and the price will be will be in the 
newsletter. Awesome. And it's worth it. I'm not sure what it costs yet, but it's worth it. It's unlike any coffee I've had. Yeah. Mutuawathe, uh, Kenya, also on filter. Um, that's been just amazing. Uh, almost, Afri- uh, almost African, <laughs> very African, but almost Ethiopian. Yeah. Um, awesome, floral, amazing. Antoniel uh, Sagastume, the Hondo, um, delicious, amazing chocolate. El Paraiso, sparkling, Colombian. Um, Willa. Yeah. Beautiful Willa coffee. So amazing diversity in the field of menu also. Cool. Uh, daily grind this week, uh, same, same. We've got 75% Alaraco, Nicaragua, and 25% San Sebastian, Colombia. Um, the decaf is now a blend, as some of you may know. It's uh, 75% of... Um, Columbia, our regular decaf, and now we've just got a bit of a yoga chef um, uh, Ethiopian in there. So that's pretty wild. It's I'd say it's probably a very beautifully balanced decaf now. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less fruity, but a lot of really smooth chocolate and darker fruits in there. Um, and Thunderbird is the same, same. Las Noobs, Nicaragua, La Roca, Nicaragua, and Firebird, which is Thunderbird's rebellious sister, <laughs> is uh, tasting wild and beautiful and should be in all of your milk coffees. So, uh, we'll, I don't know if that's actually been in the newsletter this week on the menu, but we'll put it on there and it's available to order if you want it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Grind wisely. Cap honestly. Brew with confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Marble Street Coffee. Yes. See you later, guys.